Hello and welcome to the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. There is, we're doing this in a slightly different way today. You cannot move for QPR games at the moment. There seems to be one every five minutes and that affects all of us. As a consequence, we are doing something new. We're doing a mini pod today. It's only going to be 10, 15 minutes to chat about the games last night. That's because we're not together because believe it or not, we do have lives and with all the games we couldn't work out a way to get together this week, but we didn't want to let the week go by and the Leeds win go by without getting together. So, by the magic of telephony, I have Paul Finney here. Hi. I'm up in the Weatherspoons at three o'clock. This could not possibly go wrong. You've been in the Weatherspoons since three o'clock, did you say? Yep, yep, yep. That's all good. And, still still uh, Britain. Also with us is Flo Lloyd-Hughes. Flo? Hello, hello. Very good. Okay, right. This could have been a very, very depressing chat, but it seems to have been all right um, after the events of last night. Uh, where do we start, Paul? Um, we just start, forget everything but before, forget all them other games. It was just rebalancing everything. We can now look forward to Saturday. We've got a wee bit of a spring in a step. And um, Freeman was just absolutely amazing. I mean, I went to Middlesbrough and it was great. And we've all been to other games. We don't need to go through the ball again. And um, it's nice that we've broke the records. And hopefully that's the end of it now. We can now just focus on riding the season out, giving the kids more of a chance, and rebuilding the whole spirit within the team. What did you think was different about last night? I think we got away from our, um, our first 20 minutes um, mess-ups where, you know, when they broke through the first two minutes, you're thinking, oh, God, here we go again. They're going to they're gonna score. And they didn't, and we got away with that a wee bit. And then towards the end, it was like, they shall not pass. We wouldn't let them do anything. We blocked, we tackled, lovely, it was amazing. All the mistakes we were doing before just seemed to be put up to one side, and we went back to where we were just before the uh, Villa game, which was great to see. So it just shows you inside that team is always a better side just waiting to get out. There does seem to be so much more kind of steel and character, don't you think? Uh, Flo, I, I don't know what you thought, but they seem to be able to sort of somehow solve their own problems eventually rather than perhaps other some of their predecessors in the last few years. Yeah, I think what the, what the results over the last few weeks have shown us is that although there's been mistakes, a lot of the time we have felt like we've been unlucky so it's not like you know it's an utter capitulation obviously we had a few last minute tragedies but a lot of it felt like it was in our own hands and it wasn't necessarily um a tale as old as time if you like of um problems in the past so it was nice to see that actually come to fruition it really reminded me of the win against Villa in October that one nil hard fought you know, every last man to the end is clearing the ball and just chucking it into Rosette. And that didn't work against West Brom and we ended up having to play 10 minutes with 10 men. But last night, it managed to pay off. I was so nervous, I thought I was going to throw up. Did you um, not think when we but, brought our third sub on with a few minutes to go, did you not think, oh God, don't do that? What, what if we get a repeat of the Freeman against West Brom situation? 
I was happy just to see Freeman go off the pitch because I thought he'd been obviously rushed back. Um, and if it's a muscle injury, then he needs more than just one game's rest. So after the game he had, which is one of the best performances I've ever seen, obviously I haven't been going to QPR as much as a lot of the listeners have and you guys have, but one of the best ones I've ever seen in terms of complete like perfection, couldn't do any wrong last night. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, I was quite glad to see him cross the pitch because I was worried that, you know, if he pulled the muscle, then that could be a month without him and uh, we really do need him because he is becoming such a crucial element of his team. Lumley, Paul, what do you think about that tri- triple save? Tri- it was three, wasn't it? It wasn't four. I think, the, you know that film, The Man for All Seasons? No, um, but, 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 don't, but don't tell us about it, Paul. Okay, I'm joking. So, it, it, most people probably said it. It was kind of like the, the contrast between Lumley and Burroughs Saturday when, you know, arguably people can say he should have saved the second goal. I thought he should have saved the second man. And then he had that kind of miscue again, and you kind of think, oh dear, his confidence is gone, his kicking wasn't great. Then once we got the goal, it seemed to up everyone's performances by 60%. I know it sounds ridiculous to say that, but it did. Everyone became better players. Um, Lamonka was second and better. Um, Cousins, why he was wearing gloves, I'll never know, but never mind. Um, suddenly was getting more bites here in midfield. Everyone just raised the game. Leicester was just throwing himself in front of everything. And that's what we'll say from Lumley. He's probably one of the best things I've seen at Rangers for a long time from a goalkeeper. Probably gone back to probably Stephen days, I guess, of, you know, where you have faith in your keeper. I, I, it's hard to say because one minute Lumley, it's kind of like everyone's going, oh yeah, this is the answer, this is the answer. And then something happens. But we forget he's still a kid. They're all still kids, you know. Izzy, Lumley, Furlong. They're still kids. They're still learning. They're only going to get better with the right encouragement. And we've seen that last night. Once the crowd got behind the side and everything else, we really got them. The only thing that really upset me last night was the... It's now appeared on, on um, clips and stuff. the racism from the Leeds fans and stuff going on the pitch, which is a, a real dumb side of it, but... Yeah, but after that was a great night. But, you know, no one needs to see that football from either QPR fans, Leeds fans, or anyone. I mean, Jesus, I thought we left them days behind us. Interesting about Lumley, because I think he was, especially if that run had continued, I think he was getting dangerously close to uh, requiring a rest, if you can say that as a euphemism. And I'm not saying that as in a kind of aggressive way, get him out of the team, he's useless. I think he's a very good keeper, but I think he was probably getting close to, well, why don't we switch it up a little bit? Now, I no. don't know whether it's because of an investment in, oh, well, I'm glad they didn't, given the performance last night, but I don't know whether it was because of um, a kind of, you know, coaching and sticking with him, or is it more indicative of, like, a complete lack of faith that they potentially have in England that he did he did stick with him. Um, it seems like Ingram, having started the season as the man, is is kind of got not much prospect of getting anywhere near the team. I don't know what you guys think about that. I think for me, Lumley's the one choice. Um, Matt's kind of he's had his time, and for whatever reason, it's one of those things. It's not going to work from the QPR. I might work from somewhere else, but these things happen at football clubs. I think Lumley's the better way forward, and. Um, Matt will probably go off somewhere else and have a decent career somewhere else, but I don't think it's really keep going. I don't want to load things, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I think, obviously, Lumley's not perfect. He's 
he's got a lot to work on, but you feel like there's room to grow. Um, his distribution was at times poor last night and has been poor throughout the season, and sometimes his decision-making is a bit strange. Uh, but he is a great shot stopper, um, and uh, Ingram had, had struggled with that this year. As, as well as other things, so um, I think it's yeah, it's positive to stick with him, and you know he's still quite young, so you might as well help him grow into an even better keeper. And I don't really know what the future holds for Ingram. Um, I presume he might, you know, leave. I, I don't really know, to be honest. I um I thought Eze visibly had taken the criticism about him and a perceived lack of running slash effort to heart because I thought he was visibly running around a lot more last night. And I do feel a bit sorry for players um, in that situation because different players have a different running style. And just because Jamie Mackey runs very vigorously with his arms up by his chest, does that mean he actually runs any more than a player who runs with his arms down by his waist and gives the impression of having a more languid style? I think players are sometimes unfairly... Uh, criticised for that running, but I definitely thought as a, I'd love to see the stats. I definitely thought as a um, threw himself about a fair bit more last night, don't you? I think I think yeah. what we got. Sorry, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say I totally agree. And when they when they came out on the pitch, I saw um, Rochelek having a chat with Eze and the first thing I thought was I wonder if he's saying you know this is what you've got to do this game because it just seemed a bit different the conversation I could just kind of tell something was slightly different about it and I was having a conversation with some people on Twitter about Eze's style and if you look at the way Eze kind of attacks the long ball it's exactly the same as Naki Wells and they've obviously been coached to pick up the second ball so it's yeah. basically react to the, the defender don't bother to jump, you know, in their opinion, or whoever the coach is. Don't jump for the ball. React to what the defender does and play off that. So that's what they both do. They do exactly the same thing, but Wells tends to chase down the ball a bit more. So, therefore, that kind of style doesn't get picked up. But, it, but Wells does it throughout the whole of his game. He's always trying to turn rather than control the ball and hold the ball. He's always trying to predict because he's in his head. He's one step ahead, which in some ways shows a really great and smart footballer who reads the game well, but in other ways, in the championship, where people really respect someone who just runs and tries hard, and a lot of teams and fans do, therefore it doesn't quite go down so well. And I thought Wells didn't have a great game last night. As a, I thought he had moments and, and flashes of, of brilliance, but his touch was a bit off all night. But, yeah, he definitely showed signs of, of improvement in terms of maybe his attitude, but I still think the lazy label is, is completely unnecessary and we all know it has undertones uh, into other areas which we won't go on to but I think it, you know, it's harsh and he's young but obviously hopefully he takes the criticism uh, mm. you know, or the coaches help him to see the criticism as ways to improve his game rather than you know, a reason to write him off. Um, I think, sorry, sorry, I think people have got to remember is that all the great number 10s of QPR in the past, your balls, Wagerly, etc., were given free transfers in their careers. You know, it's, you don't start off as a kid and be the finished product. You earn, you learn, and you develop. It seems like these days people want instant success, they want players to be something that they can never be. It takes time. 
it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of coaching. And Eze is quality. I mean, some of the, the things he was doing last night was just amazing. And he, he takes players out of the game, he releases others. We just need to play to everyone's strengths and perhaps we haven't been doing that because everyone's confidence has been low. So once we can go the season, see the season out, get everyone together this summer and then give everyone a role. Because to me, Eze's trying out for a role. I don't care if he doesn't tackle back. That doesn't bother me. As long as he can move the club forward and move the team forward, that's what you want. I mean, there's too much sometimes in this, this tackling back thing. I mean, regularly and all that sort of thing, probably couldn't tackle, but they can they can give you five yards next to the penalty area. I know what I'd rather have sometimes for certain players. Um, last point, last thing I wanted to ask about tonight, uh, last night, I beg your pardon, is Hall and Leisner now the centre-back Pairing of choice for QPR. Hello? <laughs> um, uh, TBC, maybe ask me in a few weeks. Lynch is just so prone to a kind of brain fart that I just worry about him uh, <laughs> long term. I love that. Sorry, go on. Um, Did you pick that up? No, no. It's, 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 I've heard it quite a few times, so I won't claim, I won't claim it, but... He does, yeah, you know, we all know he has a long list of gaffes and um, his positioning. The only problem I found in the first half with the Hall and Leicester partnership, and it's obviously because they haven't played together very much, the line was all over the place. They were not holding that line. I mean, they were so out of position mm, that, that that is quite a worrying thing. And when you actually look over the, the games that we've lost over the last few weeks, which I just, I'm sure Leeds have done because they probably had someone at the training ground anyway, it's fine. But they didn't try really a through ball or a ball over the top at all because they're a very passing, you know, short passes movement team. But actually, if they would have tried that, I think they would have had more chances because that line was so out of position that they were, we wouldn't have really got many people offside. The offside trap wouldn't have worked whatsoever, and they probably would have had a few more chances. But they they, they obviously play the long game and decided to try and break us down and we managed to hold on. So that's my only concern is they need to kind of get used to each other a bit more. But I mean, you know, fair play to Grant Hall. He's obviously had a horrible time recently with injuries and it's great to see him back playing and playing mm. pretty well as well. And it's good to have height because we're not a massive team. So it's really good to have that height. And Lynch is a big guy, but he doesn't actually use his height that well. So, yeah. But do you know what was, was really good last night, I thought, is that Hall made some really crucial tackles, um, which were clever. Many people say you make them tackles, you give away a penalty sometimes. He knows exactly what he's doing. His time in for tackle is immense, and it's what we need. It'll be interesting to see that if Cameron does get back to Stoke and move on, I still believe Hall's best position is the front of the back four. You know, he's just got the vision, yeah. he's got the ability, he's, he can tackle, he's not dirty, he's calm, he can break play up. To me, that's his position, but... What do I know? But yeah, I think them two work really well last night together. I think Bidwell had his best game for a long time as well. And Furs was really good as well. It's nice to see everyone, as I say, up in the game, playing that we are better. And then um, roll on Saturday and go to middle six and um, maybe even give them a right game. Who knows? Which, which, which was my next question for the last couple of minutes in this mini-podcast. What are we thinking now for Brentford away on Saturday? Mm. Well, bear in mind, I've, I've drunk the pub dry of gluten-free beer tonight. Um, you, hang on, are you a celiac? Uh, I tell you what. Um, I'm thinking that, if you asked me this yesterday before the game, 
as we, we've, the listeners don't know this, we've got a wee WhatsApp group going on. I was not confident, was I, chaps? None of us were. It was kind of like, oh, this is, you know, whatever. No. Um, and you, know, kind of, you really didn't want to go, did you? No, no. And um, I hate feeling like that because I love going to radios. We all do. But um, I wasn't feeling it. And so, thanks God, I went and I feel better. If we go out on Saturday, give it a good account of ourselves, be very vocal, be very loud, and show them that, you know, despite of everything, there's a great team just waiting to hatch out of this that we can develop next season because next season everyone can stop it being tougher. But let's be positive and look at the, the thing. We've got Young Smith to come back. We've got Ote to come back. We've got Church to come back. And if we can keep developing these players, we can give it a right go next season with the right coaching, recruitment and development. But more importantly, on Saturday, we go there, we keep our pride and we show them that while we're a West London club, we don't mind going in the middle sector and winning. Flo, what do you think about Saturday? Yeah, I'm feeling much more optimistic. I was quite, Likewise with Finley, I was really dreading yesterday. I was having a bit of a crisis, to be honest, and I didn't know how much longer I could um, I could take it. But um, last night was one of those games where you, you know, you realise actually you do love it and you will punish yourself until you can taste that sweet, sweet high again. So um, I'm actually feeling not too bad about Saturday. I just think... You know, we just can't concede early. Like, last night proved that again, and the last few games proved that. We have to hold out and not concede early. And Bristol City, we scored and tried to hold on, didn't achieve it. Last night, we scored early-ish, and we, we held on. So, you know, I think we just got to um, really, really hold out and keep it tight. I think we can do it. They are extremely inconsistent at the moment, Brentford. Apart from at home, they seem to win at, winning at home, losing away. But if anyone's going to break the cycle, eh, it'll be our, what, it'll be our guys. We've got to think of Mark Burcham. We've got to think that, that if Mark Burcham can score a goal like that at Brentford, anyone can. No yeah. offence, but you know what I mean. No offence, Mark, <laughs> but you get me drift. It's a day where you stand up, you stand ten feet taller, and you do what you've got to do and bring the pride back to keep you up. Uh, predictions: three 0 I won't ask you who to. Flo? 3-0. Hey, um, the app is a winner's piece for ours, Flo. It's great. I couldn't drink yesterday, so I'll make it up for today. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 Rangers. And I will say 1-0 Rangers, and I'll be specific in saying Luke Freeman and a repeat of last night's result. Well, we're I'll confident, aren't we? What difference a win makes? Um hey. Okay, well, listen, let's let's wrap it up there. Um, roll on Saturday. Thanks for everyone who's listened. Hopefully this short, sharp podcast has worked. Can I just say one thing, dear, before we go? Oh, of As course always, you can. And I, I, everyone turn up, be loud, be proud, be QPR, give it to them big time on the terraces. Please, whatever happens, sing for 90 minutes. It's important. Come on, you arts. QPR. You feel this one right now.